Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. Take a dose of every day. How am I supposed to stay in a world built on empty ways? The lessons of all the rage. Greetings from swampy orlando florida yesterday we went to disney world we're staying at the hilton tuscan village this morning i discovered that the pond which you're not allowed to fish is absolutely full of the largest grass carp i have ever seen it honestly reminded me of being at robbie's where the tarpon are since we can't fish there and i spent most of the day at disney yesterday if i had my Choices. I think I'd prefer not to be around thousands of sweaty, stinky people waiting in line to go on two-minute rides. But some of the rides were pretty, pretty cool. I'm never going to go on Space Mountain again. That freaked me out. Today, I find myself in front of Publix. I'm on foot. I have my Orvis Recon 7'11 bass rod. And right now I'm in the shade of what I believe are cypress trees. They got the big knobs on them, so I'm not sure. And they're all covered in epiphytes, plants upon other plants. If you want to read a good paper on those, I can probably dig up my thesis from tropical ecology. 
And I come down here to start putting my rod together, and the first thing I notice, there are otters. Otters in a parking lot pond. Baby otters. And this is the first time I've seen otters up close. Uh, some of them were with the mom, and then one just came over to me. I was just hanging out, about almost rod length away. Kept his distance. Kept mine. I don't want mama biting me. Been bitten by a lot of animals recently. Most notably ducks. I've got the gutless frog on, and right now, just kind of walking the edges of this pond, knowing that there's otters in there, they've probably eaten most of the fish out. And if you remember from last year's podcast in Orlando, I spoke to the guy from Rebates, and he stated these bass can go from one pond to another through underground aquifers. I don't know if that's how the otters got here. Then also every place has got fish because the eggs stick to the birds, and then the birds land and they transfer fish from one pond to another. I'm gonna have to go get a Gatorade soon. It's only like nine o'clock and it's swampy out here. Now I'm up on the sidewalk. So I'm gonna go take a look at these guys, do some more walking around. And the plan is just kind of fish these ponds for a couple hours and then meet back up with the family at the pool. So now I've got this great vantage point. I'm up up top, but uh, the otters seem to have vacated. I'm looking down now to where they were before. This water is very tannic brown. You can see about maybe a foot or deep in from the shoreline where it's white sand and then the vegetation starts. And then it's just tea stained water as you, you call it. I will chat with y'all later. Hopefully I get myself a fish. Now the idea behind this trip is family vacation taking the four year old, the now four year old to Disney and no planning really went into this. I spoke with Rob at the Orlando Outfitters. They're about 20 miles away, so I'm probably not gonna do the 40 minute round trip. Couldn't really find much else on the fishing around here. Put out some feelers to inland friends on Facebook. Done some internet researching. Not really until I got here, and of course the internet in the hotel is slow, and 3G is really slow, so I'm kind of just on foot looking for fish. That's about it. So uh, yeah, keep y'all posted. That kind of sucked. Oh look, there's an ibis in front of me. So the fishing here is lousy so far. The otters seem to be traveling from one pond to the next through sewage or like cement pipes that connect them all. I did spot what may have been one fish, but it was too late, just a big, poof of mud and bubbles as whatever it was got out of there and then I had a soft shell turtle following my braided snallygaster worm so I fished one two three four five or six ponds pretty fishy in some spots lots of grass some lily pads weeds shade no love and I got super parched so I went over to McDonald's I have not been to Ronald's place in about a year since I was down here last. So I gotta switch hands right now because my cold beverage, it's mighty cold. I got myself a gigantic Coca-Cola. I do like to have a Coke at lunch every day. Mexican from a bottle. I don't get to do that too often. So today I've got myself a big Coke for the walk back to the hotel. So other than otters, there's muscovy duck, there's some mallards, one mallard mom, I heard some rustling in the bushes. I just figured it was going to be 
you know, big lizard that ran in there. And all of a sudden, this, like, mama duck just runs out of the shrubs. Scared the bejeebus out of me. So, I, like I said, I went to McDonald's. Ronald's place. Got myself a large Coca-Cola. Holy crap. Something here has been digging in the sand along the, uh, along the water. I don't know what it was. I did see a squirrel. The squirrel's here quite small. You remember Bergman's rule? States that in ecology, mammals become smaller in size as you get closer to the equator and larger as you go higher in latitudes away from the equator. Think of a key pine deer down here. Oh, there goes the Muscovy duck. They're pretty tasty if you've never eaten a Muscovy. They're ugly. They taste good. If I do see a fish, by the way, I'm going to drop my dat and my cold beverage and throw a line. What was I talking about? Musky ducks. Bergman's rule, yes. So think of key pine deer in Florida versus like an elk up north. Now we did used to have elk in Virginia, but they're gone. They're all hunted out. We also had bison in northern Virginia. They're all gone as well. But it is, uh, it's not a fact. It's more of a rule. You can compound that with Allen's rule that closer you get to the equator, mammalian features become elongated, more surface area. So think of a fox in the American Southwest versus an Arctic fox. Arctic fox has itty bitty nose, itty bitty ears. Fox down here in the southern climes is gonna have itself larger ears, larger nose, more surface area to thermoregulate. I could use some big ears right now. It's hot down here. So that's it for my morning fishing. I am going to hopefully get the car in a bit from my parents and go to Walmart and talk to somebody there and see if there's a place I can fish within a short drive after dinner. I think I am going to go hang out at the pool all day. If I can find some shade, possibly I will catch up on my American angler. But until then... I'm just going to chill in the shade, go in the hot tub, finish my cold drink. Mm. I do love a big cold beverage. That's about it. Let's go uh, into the Hilton Grand Vacations Club on International Drive now. I'm going to cross the road, see if I don't get run over. All right. Some guy just gave me permission to cross. I'm going to wait. All right. Let's stop recording because I don't want you to hear me get run over. All right, well, I am now in the car. My parents' lovely car. It's some Toyota SUV. It's all up to date. We've got Cassidy now playing on their XM. Listen to that sound in this car. So I am at Daryl Center Parkway in Palm Parkway. I'm headed to Walmart to see if I can get a down low on some fishing spots. Probably should have thrown something out to the title Potomac Fly Rodders. Just sent a Facebook message to James Cronk, who's a guy down in more southern Florida. Seen lots of ponds on this road, however, they all have fences around them. I don't know if that means there's gators in them or what. It's very flat here. And there's sand. I already got sand on my feet. I don't like sand. Another thing, um, 
as you know, I have no self-control when it comes to eating and drinking. So I feel pretty gross after drinking uh, like 40 ounces of cold Coke. So I might get some Pepto. I, I do not feel feel pleasant at the moment. I feel like I ate like a pound of marbles. So let's find out what kind of fishing gear they have at Walmart. Gonna get a new bathing suit while I'm there and possibly a hat for the boss. She neglected to bring a hat down here and being of Russian origin, she's not one to sit out in the sun too long without getting burnt. So let's go see what we can find at Walmart. Now I'm at Central Florida Parkway, parallel to Route 4, and I guess just on the other side of the highway from the convention center. That is it for now. Looks like there's maybe some kind of orange groves. I, there's a big lake to my left. I can see through, there's two pipes that are dry. You can crawl through them and probably get to the lake, but who knows what's in the dry pipes. And it also just says no trespassing. So that automatically means I'm not going in there. So this is what happens when you plan to go somewhere. You bring a rod and a bag of flies and your new P-line fishing pliers and honestly have no idea what to do. I'm gonna keep trying. All right, oh, now we have Dead Show, December 2nd, 81. XM, good stuff, Channel 23. Thanks for joining us here on Sirius XM's Grateful Dead Channel. I'm Rob Leapstein, ready to roll out a concert recorded at Assembly Hall in Champaign, Illinois, from December 2nd, 1981. Back on the road, did a little Walmart, got some granola bars. There is a fantabulous looking pond in the Walmart parking lot. And right now, I am basically just kind of looking for places to fish. I uh, didn't get the best directions from the tour guide and I just found this road and it looks, I don't know, there's an open gate. What's the chance I get busted for trespassing? I don't know, man. It looks pretty fishy down here. So the guy at Walmart, his instructions were go to the shore and fish. Dude, I, I want to catch, I'm not saltwater fishing, man. I want to catch a big largemouth. Oh. Yeah, I'm not gonna chance this spot. It looks very fishy, but also very illegal. So I got the granola bars. I got the wife, the big floppy hat. I got some Benadryl so we can sleep tonight and uh, now I'm just waiting for my dad who is at another Hilton working on some trip to New Zealand and Australia for himself and my mom and I'm just kind of driving and pulling into Airby Street holy jeez I almost just got run over by an orange Dodge Ram alright now I'm at the Sand Lake Commons um Something. All right, we have Quality Suites, Sand Lake Surgery, Quest Diagnostics, Children's Learning Center, Imaging. So it's public. And this is basically, you know, the internet is just not working. So I got Google Earth on and the dead. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. 
Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. So my dad's meeting at this place is taking him a long time. So I can either sit in the, under the awning at the hotel where he's at, or I can go fishing, which is what I'm doing now. All right, and construction, we still have, and basically on Google Maps, where I'm headed, there's a huge lake. And there's some cumulo uh, nimbi farming too. So maybe a storm in the afternoon. Okay, loading zone, let's go back here. So instead of brown lining, instead of blue lining, I am just driving around hoping that one of these facilities backs up to water. Being a Sunday, there's probably no one out, so I could probably have the place to myself. I doubt anybody would even fish a spot like these. They probably know better locations. All right, it looks like there's nothing back here. And of course, it's completely safe driving where you have no idea where you are while talking on a dat. All right. Ooh. If I had some like brush pants and a machete, I might like part these uh, thick grasses and go through, but I do not want to get all cut up from these plants. Going to the next spot. Caution at children and speed bumps. All right, so brown on women just finished playing. Let's see what comes on next. I see water. I see water. Getting closer. Passenger is the next song up. Got water. All right, that's it. I'm going to go explore. Bye. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as I pull into park at what looks to be a fishy spot, I get a text from my dad. He needs to be picked up. So fishing does not go in my favor. I have no idea how to get out of here. But I might come back here tonight once everyone's done eating. Who knows? But that is the fun of trying to find fishing while you were on vacation. Bumps. And if my dad is late, there is a place called Ruby Lake where he's at. See if I can fish there. And other than that, uh, all right, pausing for now. I now find myself on the windward side of, I don't know, Sand Lake. The place I just went to that I found on Google Maps. It has a gate. Seems like everything here is either gated or no trespassing. So I'm at this public park right now, figuring like in Hawaii, you find a public park, there's fishing locations. Well, not so much here, even though there is grasses and lily pads that stick out 30, 40 feet from shore. There are signs that say, protected wetland buffer, no one beyond this point. So there's no access here to the water. But on the way in, I passed a golf course pond and then a local pond that are cut the grass right up to the shoreline, or see the grass is cut right to the shoreline. So that looks to be my next option. If that does not work, I am gonna bail on 
fishing down here and go back and make a sandwich. Because if there's one thing that can cheer a guy up after not catching anything, it's a good sandwich. Luckily, Google Maps helps as Google Earth doesn't load here. So I am going to keep trying. But this park has people picnicking. It'd be nice if someone saw me and were like, Hey man, you look peckish. We're going to give you a cheeseburger. But I doubt that's going to happen. So on to the next spot. It's a big lake I'm on. Big, big lake. I know there's something in there. They just won't let me fish for them. Back in the car now. 2.54. I'm headed to the pool. I am glad that now that I drank that uh, 30 ounce Coke this morning, I've perspired all of the water through my pores. And now I simply have corn syrup coming out of my pores right now. There's a thick goo of corn syrup because I've sweated every milliliter, microliter, nanoliter of fluid out of my body. So what happened? I left the park and, uh oh, I got 5-0 up ahead. Oh, look at that, Jerry singing, standing on the moon. Okay, so I went to that big pond in the middle of this neighborhood Boca Point Drive and Apacaco something south. Looked fishy, fished uh, three quarters of it. The wind started picking up and I can honestly say I saw no signs of life in there other than some submerged aquatic vegetation. So I reeled up, walked back over to the parents' car and like I said, their car's fancy. You press a button and the trunk opens up. But I don't have the patience, it opens slowly. So what I did, being that I've got the Orvis 7'11 bass rod, I put it in the back seat through to the front seat and it fit diagonally. So passenger side, front seat had the tip, driver side, rear seat had the reel. And I'm using my old Batten Kill Orvis reel I got to go to Africa with in 90, I bought it in 97. And you know what? The fish haven't changed, so I'm still fishing the same reel. I just don't like the line. I need to upgrade the line upgrade have something that kind of loads the short rod better. I might go with a bass taper or a Rio outbound short. We'll have to see about that. Got back in the car, like I said, and drove to the little pond by the pool. It just said no trespassing after dark. And I walked down with my rod and my gear bag and the sign along the water stated no swimming. So I figure, hey, I'm good to go. There appeared to be a dead goose in the middle and I don't know if that's a real goose that died or if it's a decoy to keep other birds from coming in. But either way, I didn't want to hook it and find out if it was a dead goose or not. Walked around there. There was a like an oil boom to keep garbage, I guess, away from the drain. Floating boom. So from there, I spotted something that made a big splash and darted away. So I most likely spooked a fish. That was about the only sign of non-inch-long fish that were in there. Did the loop around there. Ah, it's about the size of a big swimming pool, you'd say. There'll be pictures. Remember, if you want to see all the pictures from this uneventful day, it's flyfishingconsultant.blogspot.com. Oh, 
I want to make it right down there to that road, but I'm headed back. That was Cherry Lake Place, I think. Probably had fish, good fish too. So I cross over this little grassy knoll and I spot another little pond. This one is really tiny and covered in a film of green nastiness. And I had on the gutless frog, which is I think now my just all time favorite summer fly. That thing is just, like I always say, dirt cheap to tie, easy to tie, effective. And if you go to the blog, you will see that I've updated the way I tie it and the hook I use, etc. Matsuo sickle hook, J Ben sickle hook, size one. So I'm dragging the gutless frog through and there's lily pads, which are awesome. I never really get a fish lilies. And I get a little tug. <coughs> I think I just inhaled an egret. <coughs> I get a little tug. And it's that distinctive blue bluegill sound that not a, a large mouth. So I dig through my bag, see if I have something smaller. I find one little crack bag that has a gray, like newspaper gray, snow white damsel. Dig out some 5X and I tie that on the dropper. And I get a couple of tugs, but as soon as I tied this thing on, the clouds came over and the wind picked up. So now I'm leaving, there's no calm, it's calm, there's no wind and there is bright sun. So I get a couple of tugs on the damsel, but I can't see anything. And these fish are very quick to tug. They're gonna take a bite and then they're gonna go away. They're not gonna come back for seconds. Not like that large mouth I caught during the snakehead tournament. Do a back cast, I hook a crepe myrtle and I break off the 5X. I knew I should have done eight pound Berkeley Vanish. So now I take out eight pound Berkeley Vanish. I think there's another damsel in my bag. I've only got big flies, gutless frogs, snallygasters, clousers, and reapers. Basically four patterns. I'm digging through, I find a little itty bitty, what I call my watermelon hopper. It's pink and green. It's got articulated rubber legs. Tie that on as a dropper. Maybe one tug and that's it. And then I notice there's um, like a dock that goes down to the woods. So I'm like, all right, let's go check out the sign, make sure it says no, doesn't say any, no trespassing. Lo and behold, it allows you to go down to the dock as long as one, you don't step on neighbor's properties, which was really hard to do considering this thing stuck out 10 feet into four feet deep of water. The second part of the sign that threw me for a loop, don't feed the alligators. So I had been fishing in alligator water all day, apparently. So I walk down this dock and it sticks out. The water's like four feet deep and there's just dinner plate size lily pads. It's awesome, awesome stuff. And I throw the gutless frog with the hopper and it's just getting tangled up too much in the lilies. I throw it right onto the dock, under the dock, around the dock, about 30 feet to my left. No love, decide to fish the right hand side. The rain starts now. And I'm fine with that. Like I said, I am sweating corn syrup. And I think there may be pizza sauce coming out of the pores too from lunch. My body's just trying to get anything it can out of the body for perspiration to have the wind go across and cool me down. And look, there's a Speedo outlet. Raise your hand if you want me to go get a Speedo. All right, no one raise their hand. So, no Speedo, I'm going back to the hotel. And I'm not getting any love on the gutless frog or the hopper. 
So I have one Matsuo Nano Croaker lure with me, and they're tiny, and you can throw them on a fly rod. So I start throwing it, and it's skipping, jumping through the lily pads. There's a couple of little fish, like, popping up. I can't see what they are because the water looks like day-old coffee or tea, as the ones who call it tea stain. And I'm throwing and throwing and nothing. Try to throw it under the dock. I hook a tree, and from there, it breaks off. So now I've got this nano croaker in the trees, the only surely weedless fly lure I have. Back in the gates now at the Tuscan village. So I gotta slow down. Oh, by the way, if I didn't mention earlier, I got a ride with a lady on a golf cart to get out of here earlier. And there goes, is that my dad? Now they're like Larry Snowy doppelgangers down here. It's kind of, that's like twice today I thought I'd see my dad and it wasn't. So I take the eight pound mono and I use my brand new P-Line pliers I got off of Amazon. And I take that two feet of dropper line and tie that to the 20 pound because I broke my leader, the 12 pound with the nano croaker. So I go back to that little pond, the smallest one with the scum and start throwing it in. And like I said, these bluegill are coming up. You know, I'm pretty sure they're bluegill. They're coming up, smacking it, and disappearing. This happens four times. Finally, I throw it down, and the, this wind now is pushing the scum from left to right. All right, pedestrians, go, go. All right, maybe they don't want to go. Finally, I see one come up here. I set the hook, and up comes at me is a nice palm-sized female bluegill. So yay, I caught a fish, golf clap. And from there I called it. I want to go back to the pool. I got a cold beer in the fridge. And then at 6 o'clock we are going out for Cuban food. So I want to punish some black beans. I want to hopefully get some uh, ropa vieja. Some plantains. And no espresso for me. Those are usually my staples at Cuban restaurants. There it is. I'm pulling in now to the hotel. I'm going to turn this off. Thank you for listening to my misadventures in Orlando. If I see another pond tonight, I'll stop and fish and maybe chat with you then. But as it stands now, I am done. Look at that. You just press the engine start stop button and the car turns off. It's keyless, my man. So that sums up uh, this little short podcast. I'll be back down here in a month for iCast 2015. So that should be, I'm hoping, at least minimum four hours of interviews with leading experts in the industry and the products that they sell. I'm going to give Jason a shout out. He's fishing some flies I just sent him. Reapers, popsicles, gutless frogs, and bacon streamers. That's about it. So I'm getting in the elevator. I'll chat with y'all later. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com
On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. 